Investors like you have a problem. Today, most portfolios only include stocks and bonds. While it's currently performing, it's a strategy that Goldman Sachs predicted in 2023 to underperform for the next decade. Luckily, our sponsor, Masterworks Advisors, focuses on a non-traditional alternative asset, helping over 15,000 investors diversify a portion of their overall portfolios with blue-chip post-war contemporary art. Over 60% of wealth managers surveyed by Deloitte have already integrated art into their wealth management offering. And by signing up at masterworks.com slash advisors with code FREE, you can talk to a registered investment advisor representative who deals exclusively with this alternative asset class. So schedule a free same-day advisory call with Masterworks Advisors just by going to masterworks.com slash advisors and using promo code FREE. That's masterworks.com slash advisors promo code FREE. This advertisement relates to the provision of advisory services by Masterworks Advisors LLC and is not intended to offer or solicit investment in any securities and is not investment advice. Masterworks Advisors is affiliated with Masterworks. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour with your host, Sam Leibowitz. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. Oh, we have a wonderful, wonderful show in store for you today. I am anxiously uh, awaiting bringing on my uh, guest, who I'll introduce in just a moment. But of course, first we have our quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. Let's see, what does the universe and Abraham have in store for us today? First from the universe. Courageous is the soul who adventures into time and space to learn of their divinity. For while they cannot lose, they can think they have, and the loss will seem intolerable. And while they cannot fail, they can think they have, and the pain will seem unbearable. And while they cannot ever be less than they truly are, powerful, eternal, and loved, they can think they are, and all hope will seem lost. And therein lies their test, a test of perceptions, of what to focus on, of what to believe in, in spite of appearances. Tally-ho, the universe. Ah, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe. Today, an especially encouraging one, reminding us that uh, it is always a test of perceptions. And... Let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. This underdeveloped country is not inappropriate in any way. It has different desires and different standards, and it is not lesser than. It is just different. We did not all come to do it the same way. We did not all come to be alike. 
We came as a diverse bunch of non-physical energies wanting different experiences. Abraham. Two very interesting quotes um, and two very different ones. But again, two quotes to sort of remind us um, of appearances and how like we're not all here to be the same. We're not all here to be alike. Um, we're here to express and to experience things in different ways and to find our our own paths, our own truths, to, to find uh, what we really are, are desiring and what our gift is to the world. And just because one person is different from another person does not na- make them better or more than or less than. It just means we're different. And this is, I cannot think of a better way to start off the week than to remind ourselves that, you know, there really is no need to compare to others. There's only a need to compare ourselves against ourselves and against our own desires and wishes. Two uh, amazing quotes, one from Mike Dooley in the Universe and one from Abraham. Uh, Very apropos for today's guest, who I'm quite excited to introduce to you. Randy Gage is a thought-provoking, critical thinker who will make you approach your business and your life in a whole new way. He is the author of nine books that have been translated into 25 languages, including the New York Times bestseller, Risky is the New Safe. He has spoken to more than 2 million people across more than 50 countries and is a member of the Speaker's Hall of Fame. Uh, You know me, I love public speakers. Uh, When he is not prowling the podium or locked into his lonely writer's garret, you'll probably find him playing third base for a softball team somewhere in the world. Um, And he hails from Madison, Wisconsin. Nice Midwestern boy. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Randy. (laughs) Hey, Sam. Great to be on with you. (laughs) Wonderful to have you here. I'm really excited uh, to have you on the show today. Uh, I I really want to talk about your book, but... You know, I always like to kind of start off and, and to give my audience a, to try and make my guests a little human. Be, because sometimes when I have very successful people on, you know, people kind of listen and go, oh, yeah, well, it's easy for him to say things like that because, you know, he's a millionaire now or he's, you know, got a, you know, millions and millions of people following him, you know. But, but we all come from somewhere and, and most of us did not start off that way. So I'm just curious as to, you know, when, when you were a kid, you know, what was really your dream? Did, did you think you would be like, you know, standing on stages across the world inspiring people or, or, or did you want to be a firefighter? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how things work out. Isn't I it? never thought I'd be a professional speaker, didn't know that existed, never contemplated it, never saw one, probably till I was in my 20s. Uh, but I did have a dream to be a writer. And that's really what I have, that's really what I do, that's what I am in my core essence. I'm I see. locked in my lonely writer's garret, hunched <laughs> over my uh, laptop is when I'm happiest and in my element. And so the speaking and the uh, blogs and the YouTube channel and all that stuff is really just a way I connect with my readers. But uh, I did have that dream to be a writer, and although I, I thought I'd be writing espionage thrillers like Robert Ludlum or Trelawney ah. or something. Uh, yeah, which one day I will. I'll do one of those two, at least one. But, uh, I'm sure. Uh, you know, I've kind of, 
I love the work I do in helping people unfold into their greatness. Mm. So, so was there a particular uh, challenge that you had to meet, or was there a particular, you know, event in your life that really kind of uh, put you into this position where you decided to really go out and and work with people to kind of help them uh, with their own challenges? It was never something I planned. It was something I, I, I guess, I don't know if you find your assignment or your assignment discovers you. Ah, I think I like that, that might be the latter, might be yeah. the case in, in, in my situation. Right. Uh, I, was, I lost my business, had it seized by the IRS, mm. um, which turned out to be the greatest thing ever, because mm. that's what got me into writing. Then I was like, ah. wow, you know, I've always thought I wanted to be a freelance writer, and so that I started doing that even though I was working. I actually went out and just got a job as a grill cook in a drugstore uh, fountain, you know. No way, uh, really. Oh, yeah, just to <laughs> pay my bills and kind of uh, assuage, assuage my wounds and mm-hmm. get over my psychic damage, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, all of that stuff. Uh, and then I just I kind of became successful, and then people were asking me, well, how did you do that? And you start sharing how you do that, and it kind of morphed into, and then somebody said, hey, there's this National Speakers Association, and they're having an event, and you should go to that. And I went to that, and it kind of opened my eyes up that, wow, Mm. that I have this information that could be helpful to other people, and there's ways in which I could, could share it with them. Ah, I see. Do you remember like that very first time you got up in front of an audience to give give a speech, what that was like? Yeah. I, it wasn't even, people say, how do you handle the nerves, the butterfly? I didn't have any of that. I oh, just, no, really? Because I was doing kind of a business training. I was wearing blue jeans and tennis shoes and a polo uh, shirt. and So it wasn't like a professional a f- thing. I wasn't on a stage. I was just uh, in the front of a room. And I did that for so many times, and then it turned into little stages and bigger groups and bigger groups. And mm. and then someone said, well, how do you get over the stage fright? And I was like, oh, was I supposed to have a stage <laughs> fright? You know, nobody told me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean that's a requirement? I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I remember the first time I, I was in college on the speech and debate team, and the first time I had to get up and, and give a prepared speech, oh, my God, it was awful. And I was like reading off of index cards, my head buried. It had to have been the worst speech I ever gave in my life. But that was the good news because it was the worst speech I ever gave in my life. And mm-hmm. it only only got better from there. Um, yeah, and the, the thing with me is, uh, um, like even now, I speak to audiences, 5,000, 10,000 people. That mm-hmm. never phases me. I'm more, mm-hmm. uh, my issue is being in the elevator making chit-chat and small talk because uh, I've got a like a social anxiety thing and I, I'm not good in those kind of situations. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, whereas when I'm on the stage, it's like I control that. That's my world, uh, so I don't worry about that. So, so for you, it's like these big impersonal things are very easy to handle, but like those small intimate things it does cause a little bit of anxiety for you. It does. Oh, I, I'm, very I, that's interesting. That's something I've worked on. I actually did a sabbatical for almost two years, just working on me, a lot of stuff, and and that was one of the things that I really had to work on was this 
a social anxiety disorder because I would just uh, it'd be very easy for me to be a hermit and just uh, stay in my uh, room all the time writing and, right. and it's just not healthy. Right, right, right. Absolutely, absolutely. Do you, which was your first book that you wrote that got published? Uh, first book was back in 1991, which was uh, a marketing book, How to Build a Multi-Level Money Machine. Ah. Uh, so my first book was marketing, gotcha. and then uh, maybe my second one, and then I started writing more on the bigger issues of prosperity and success for the later mm. books. Uh, and then this last one was about kind of, you know, think uh, risk is the new safe is kind of how to look around the corner, predict trends, get in front of those trends. And it's really most of my stuff is for entrepreneurs. I, I'm a big believer in entrepreneurism. And yeah. I think we live in the greatest time in human history. There's never been a better time to be alive, to go from dead broke to multi-millionaire or multi-billionaire than right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I do want to dig in a little bit to to Risky is is the new safe and kind of talk about that. But before we do, I'm just curious of, of, you know, kind of going from like marketing to like these bigger issues. um, Was it that you saw a lot of, I guess, kind of common... I, I don't know, uh, misperceptions or mindsets among people that you decided to kind of go a little more broadly? Yeah, it was a fascinating uh, process of discovery because I was mm-hmm. doing public seminars. Mm-hmm. So I had the circuit. So I did right. New York, Chicago, Dallas, L.A., San Diego, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you'd go back every two, three years because you could right. only... You, you couldn't go back every three months because they'd say we just you right. were just here. I just right. you know so you kind of rested a market for two years and then you'd go back. And I'd get all the people who were there two years ago. Oh man, I love that thing. That seminar was so great. And and then they'd say, but uh, you know I'm still having a problem doing this. Mm-hmm. And and the stuff they were talking about was nothing to do with the marketing stuff. At that time, I was doing mm-hmm. marketing seminars. Okay. And, how to write headlines, how to do direct mail, copywriting, you know, those kind of things. So like the real mechanicalist side of things. Yeah. And I was trying to like sneak. I was growing in self-development then and doing mm-hmm. a lot of personal development myself. So I was trying to sneak that in the back door because mm-hmm. I thought that was an important element. Right. But that wasn't what people wanted to buy. They wanted to buy how do you create right. these million-dollar headlines and direct marketing campaigns, Right. Right. Uh, so I go back and they were stuck, and it was worthiness issue stuff. Uh, it was self-esteem stuff. Hmm. And after I don't know how many years of that, I said, you know what? I'm just I, I'm not going to do this anymore. Hmm. I'm going to if I'm going to, and I actually retired. I was mm-hmm. 40 years old. I had my wow. midlife, first midlife crisis right <laughs> on schedule. Right? So I said, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to go race cars and play softball and drink out of a coconut. <laughs> uh, and did that for about nine months. Yeah. Went crazy, realized that I wasn't supposed to be doing that. Yeah. That you know, I had a mission, something I needed to be doing. But I thought, okay, if I'm going to come back, if I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this on the stuff that really matters. Uh which is the prosperity consciousness stuff. Okay. The self-esteem, the mm. personal growth, this is where the real issues are. So I 
completely reinvented myself, and that's what I came back as, and, and I've never looked back. Great, great. So I want you to hold that thought. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, I want to dive into, you know, the, what is this this self-esteem stuff, and, and uh, who inspires you uh, when it comes to self-esteem development, okay? All right, great. All right, great. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Uh, My guest this hour is Randy Gage, and we will be right back. You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network. What are the latest travel trends? How can travel be a part of your overall health and wellness plan? This is William Paris, lifestyle travel consultant and your host on Travel and Wellness Today. Join me on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time for travel chat, travel tips, and travel news updates. That's on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212 212- 721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. TalkingAlternative.com Stuck in the middle of the sea I'll sail the world To find you If you ever find yourself lost in the dark And you can't see I'll be the light To guide you Find out what we're made of When we are called to help our friends in need you can't count on me. And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Uh, my guest this hour is author, public speaker, and softball third baseman, Randy Gage. <laughs> so, so, Randy, when you, when you kind of said, okay, look, no more of this, this marketing stuff. I really want to help people with like these core issues of, of self-worth, uh, self-esteem, um, were there people who kind of inspired you in your life, who helped you with your own sort of self-esteem stuff? Yeah, probably three biggest influence would be Charles Fillmore, co-founder mm. of Unity, mm-hmm. uh, Ernest Holmes, uh, founder of Science of Mind, yeah. and Ayn Rand, 
uh, for her philosophy. <laughs> Objectivism, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. And, and so, like, when you kind of reformatted yourself and, and rebranded yourself and you came back out and said, like, hey, this is what I really want to help people with. This is how I really want to engage people. Um, did it go the way you expected or were there some unexpected challenges there? I don't know if it went the way I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, there were certainly did any challenge of any new business, nothing works right. out the way you exactly plan it. <laughs> uh, matter of fact, there's a, uh, I was just quoted on Inc. Magazine, and a new article came out today. They were asking mm-hmm. me about business plans, and I said, mm-hmm. business plans are perfect, you know. Mm-hmm. Biz, actual business, however, is imperfect. <laughs> so you make oh, the perfect plan. You set your goal. You set your idea, your your game plan, and then you know you're going to zig and zag. And, and, you know, the right. entrepreneur who doesn't make mistakes doesn't make anything. Right. If you're not making mistakes, if you're not facing challenges, then I guarantee you you're not really doing an an endeavor that's worthy of your greatness. Right, 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 right. And so do you find, um, and, and when you were starting to, to reach people on, on really helping them with these sort of personal self-esteem issues, I'm assuming you did it through your writing, you did it through the stage. Did you, did you do any of it sort of personally, one-on-one or in small groups, or was it all kind of in, in a very big way? Uh, I did it all. I did. I had a coaching program for three years mm-hmm. uh, with kind of three different levels where one was in the expensive $17 a month or something, and they got five messages a week from me and a mm-hmm. monthly video and a thing, and then I had an intermediate level, and then I had a real high level. You know, they were like $25,000 a person mm. uh, thing. So right. it, for the really serious people, I was still doing public seminars. I did a lot of blogging. Uh, and then I did a book. Uh, maybe it was... I'm going to say 2003 or so mm-hmm. was uh, the the title was why you're dumb, sick, and broke, <laughs> and how to get smart, healthy, and rich. Ah. And it was shocking and controversial and in your face. And I just kind of felt like that was the message that I needed to reach out with at that mm-hmm. time. Kind of um, kind of needed to like slap people awake a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we're there now. I think people have been so beat up now that yeah. you see my work more. Recent work is, is a lot less of that confrontational. But at mm. that time, I really felt, yeah, you know, this is what I've got to do to break through the clutter, to mm. to wake people up so they right. will look at what they're doing because realize that what they're doing isn't working for right. them. Well, why do you think it's so pervasive? And, I mean, it's not just here in the United States. It's all over the world. Well, that's really what that book was about, was Mm. memes or Mm. mind viruses. And Uh. the thousands of memes that we're infected with on a weekly basis, which Mm. are just circulating the world, money is bad, rich people are evil, it's noble to be poor, Mm. you have to be a bad parent to be successful in business, if you're a big, successful company, you have to rape and pillage and plunder the environment and exploit the little people. There's so many of these completely false but 
very insidious and pervasive mind viruses out there. And most people are infected by them, and that's what causes them to consciously work towards success. That's why I love your title. You've got consciousness in everything you do, right? The conscious consultant, the the conscious consultant radio hour. Um, They do things on this conscious level. Hey, I want to be successful. I want to further my career. I'd like to make money, take care of my family. But on the subconscious level, they have this programming that money is bad and rich people are evil. And as you well well know, mm-hmm. if your conscious and your subconscious conflict, the subconscious <laughs> always, always wins. wins yes. That's the ninety five percent of the iceberg that's under the water that Absolutely. you don't see, but it's much bigger than that little five percent above the water. Right, right, right. But but to work on that subconscious, it's not easy. I mean, that's real work, and this is the thing I think most people have a tendency to think, oh, I'll just go to this weekend seminar and that's it. But no, it's like that's just the beginning. You've really got to dig in and really make some serious effort if you want to shift belief systems that you've had since you were a little kid, um, your programming of just how you show up and, and what you do, right? It is exactly as you just described. It's not easy. It's really digging in. It's real work. Because... The thing I discovered as I was researching that book I mentioned was mm-hmm. most of our core beliefs about the really important stuff, mm-hmm. God, religion, sex, money, marriage, relationships, your core beliefs about all those things, they're mm-hmm. probably formed before you're 10 years old, probably right. before you're even 8 years old. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, and so people say, do you think I'm I'm sabotaging my career when I'm 45 years old because of a belief I I created when I was six or seven? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I I see it all the time. (laughs) You know, if your parents fought all the time, that was your belief about marriage was set before you were eight. If you're... One of your parents cheated on the other. Your your core belief about relationships was set. Mm. Uh, if you were, you know, one of the the guiltiest parties I'm always railing against, of course, is organized religion. Yeah, because mm. they are, there's so many of these insidious negative memes that are are propagated by organized religion. And again, where do you get? indoctrinated with that when you're six, seven, eight years old in the mosque or temple or yeah. synagogue or, you know, whatever it is, Sunday school. Right. And, and if you don't, at, at 30 or 40 or 50, go back and question each of those beliefs, uh, the right. core beliefs, right. and, and say, where did I get this belief? How did this come about? And, and, is, is the premise, because that's actually, you know, the, 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 my YouTube channel, the show this week is called Question the Premise. Uh-huh. Because okay. if a premise is wrong, everything that comes off the premise is wrong. Right. So if your basic premise is rich people are evil, well, <laughs> everything that comes off that premise is going to be flawed, right? right? If you have this negative dysfunctional view of marriage or relationships, you're just going to keep repeating dysfunctional relationships your whole life until you go back and question the premise. 
Right, right. And and as they say, it's like you can't curse something that you want to have for yourself. So if you see somebody, you know, driving that fancy car down the highway next to you and you're like, oh, look at that, you know, show off or whatever. But that's really what you want. Well, you're just kind of putting the guy down. There's no way in the world that you're going to allow yourself to have that because you're putting yourself down for it in, in the moment. Funny you say that because one of the the examples I always give people is that, like at seminars, I say, just be honest. Now you're driving along, you're going to work one morning, and you're driving down the highway or the freeway, and you see a Lamborghini with a flat tire. Mm. What's your instant visceral reaction? Mm. Or you see a Rolls Royce with right? Because most people would say, "Ha, ah, that's so funny! You're the rich guy in it." Well, yeah. let's question the premise. Why yeah. would you? Think of that, and what does that tell you about yourself? And it's just what you you just described, that you're cursing out this thing that you actually want. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I learned this a long time ago. It's like you want to praise that which you desire um, so that you can bring it to, to yourself. And, and that, yeah, you know, we, we have a tendency to think like these you know, these attitudes and, and in these postures that we have and, and they're little energies that we hold inside of ourselves, and, and, you know, what, what we emanate brings to us more than what we say, than what we do. It's really how we feel inside around these different areas. And, and that area of, of money is so charged for so many of us. It's one of the most emotional things. All these things, money, relationships, sex, yeah. religion, they're so emotionally charged. And, and that tells you there is a problem. Because when you yeah. can't rationally discuss something without yeah. getting all like, yeah. you know, <laughs> crazy and threatened and, and visceral, that yeah. tells you that, wow, there must be some, some uh, memes at play here that you're not yeah. aware of. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and probably several, not just one or two. Probably hundreds. Hundreds, right, right, right. Okay, great. Listen, it's time for us to take another quick commercial break. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about, you know, how things are today and how they're different than the way they used to be, and that'll lead us right into Risky is the New Safe. Okay, Randy? All right. Wonderful. And, of course, if our listeners, if anyone out there would like to call in and ask Randy your own question, our call-in number is 877 877- Four eight zero four one two zero. Just a quick warning, though. If you do call in, I don't have anybody working the phones for me today, so I'm going to put you right into the system. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you on a path of consciousness or spirit? Is personal or spiritual empowerment important to you? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant, and I am here to answer your questions and bring you experts in all areas of life to raise your awareness and support you in your evolution. Tune in at my new time, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on www.talkradio.nyc. That's Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. 
I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media. My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Lend your ears, lend your hands, lend your movement, anything you can. Come to teach, come to be taught, come in the likeness and the image of God. Cause you can be like that, with all that humbleness and all that respect. And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour is Randy Gage, author, public speaker, and uh, softball third baseman. So, uh, Randy, um, what kind of motivated you to write Risky is, uh, Risky is the New Safe? Why, you think people are being too safe out there? You think we need to take on more risk than we're used to? Yeah, because... What used to be safe is now the riskiest thing in the world. Because if you say, well, okay, we've always done it that way, or this is what the standard practices are, here's what everybody else in our industry is doing, you're going to get run over. You're going to be roadkill because the pace, the speed with which the world is changing is is light speed right now if you look at mm-hmm. mobile apps and technology and cloning and, and medical advances and i mean the, the the game is changing so rapidly that if you're playing it safe you're going to be roadkill so yeah. that book was really a, a wake-up call for entrepreneurs that you got to start thinking in entirely different ways you cannot be nimble or react to change quickly. It's moving too fast. You have to prepare for the change. You have to get in front of the change. So so you're saying like you have to be a real trendsetter to really be ahead of the curve to really make it today. Well, not necessarily a trendsetter because you might not set the trend. Someone else, outside forces are often setting the trends. But you have to be in front of the trend. Ah, okay. Okay. And, and, and is it merely because change is happening so quickly now? Is, is that really the big difference between today and 20 years ago? Yeah, I mean, look at same-sex marriage. Look mm-hmm. at the, um, the, uh, uh, the polls on that and the legislation on that and the, the public perception. 
the the that has taken a change in the last ten years that last century would have taken a hundred years no. to take place. Right. And if we went back two centuries, you'd have said no. It, it this would take eight hundred to a thousand years <laughs> for this public perception to change that dramatically, and it would have been true. Right. Uh, and it's it, and that's true in every area. I just use that as one example. Right. But you yeah. know, a black man being president of the United States, a woman being president of the United States. The perception on those, the, the way they've changed and are changing, this is true in every area of business. And mm. for me, the, the uh, lightning bolt was I was sitting in a, a uh, Delta lounge in San Francisco airport, and there was a couple there with this adorable little puppy. And I love animals, and I'm like, hey, can I play with your puppy? And the lady said, yes, he's a clone. Oh, really? I laughed. I thought it was a joke. And she's like, no, he's a clone. We're bringing him home from South Korea. And it was true. When we landed in Miami, there was all these, uh, you know, cameramen and reporters and everybody. It wasn't the first cloned puppy. It was the first cloned puppy that came to the United States, however. Mm. And that puppy, I was, you know, there's, there's, knowing something and then there's experiencing yeah, something yeah and yeah, right we've yeah. all heard about cloning and sure. they had cloned a sheep or they had cloned mm-hmm. a camel in dubai but that's like test tube stuff that's right. in a laboratory what does that really mean yeah, but yeah. when i was holding that puppy and that puppy licked my face and mm-hmm. it was the most adorable puppy that i just wanted to take home with me mm-hmm. and realize that he had been birthed in a test tube from DNA, a clone, mm-hmm. wow. and you realize how fast that world is changing yeah. and realize that we will be cloning humans this decade, mm-hmm. and we can debate the moral and ethical ramifications of that for decades, and we probably mm-hmm. will, but that won't stop it from happening, happening. even yeah. if... Which, you know, probably there will be a United Nations meeting and you'll have 180 countries who all sign off that this is immoral, illegal, and it shouldn't happen. And then there will be a country somewhere that says, hey, we don't have oil and we don't have diamonds and we don't have other natural resources. We're going to be the cloning country. And don't think that uh, North Korea wouldn't be interested in buying 5 million clone soldiers. Absolutely. And don't think that, you know, despots and dictators around the world wouldn't be interested in that. And right. You so, think the Star Wars, the Clone Wars was, was purely fiction, but fiction often uh, is just a predecessor for, for fact of what happens. And, and it, it's so interesting you bring that up because I remember back in the early 80s re- reading a book that was written by this doctor uh, about um, immortality. He called it immortality with an E, not an I. And his postulation was that the current generation of like 30, 40, 50-year-olds, I was 20 at the time, so I was happy to read this, um, were, could be the last generation to die from natural diseases. And he was looking at the fact of the Human Genome Project, technology increasing, cloning, like all this stuff, how, you know, in the next 20, 30 years, 
you know, eventually getting to the point where, you know, you could clone an organ. Like, okay, maybe you don't believe like cloning a whole human being is good, but let's say I need a new heart and there's not enough heart donors out there. If we can just clone a human heart from my own cells that I know my body is not going to reject, how many people are going to be against that? And they were probably 30 years off, but they weren't yeah. wrong. They just had the wrong timeline. Right. As, as always happens when it comes to predicting the future, you, you know, we're either wildly too optimistic or uh, a, a, a little too pessimistic. Th- things happen either much quicker or, or take much longer than we usually think they do. Yeah. My next book, which isn't out till January, is, it's called mm-hmm. Mad Genius. And it's kind of a sequel to the last book, but mm-hmm. it's still a standalone book. And it's mm-hmm. about how entrepreneurs are going to need to think in this next decade, because we're going to go into the most cataclysmic time in human history. There will be more change in the next mm-hmm. 10 years than there has been at any time of any decade in human history, mm-hmm. whether you, whatever you believe. If you go back to right. the Garden of Eden 6,000 years ago or the Big Bang 13 billion years yeah. ago, doesn't matter what your beliefs are. This next decade will be the most cataclysmic decade in human history. Why do you use because that term? Of stuff like cloning and yeah. biogenetic engineering and transplants and all of those things. So, so why do you use the term cataclysmic? Because, you know, this, I'm a big stickler on words because certain words have certain connotations to them. Like I could say transformational, but cataclysmic has a different connotation to it. Because you're talking about human cloning, you're talking about biogenetic engineering, you're talking about mobile will disrupt marketing more than newspapers, television, radio, and the Internet combined did. Mm. You're talking about social media is going to disrupt branding more than anything in the course of human history. Mm. We will have cloned sex workers that will disrupt we will have a uh, 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 virtual reality sex mm-hmm. and i'm not talking about uh, nice 3d movies i'm talking about 3d um, virtual reality where you taste touch smell mm-hmm. feel sweat you will climb the uh, mountain you'll be playing drums with maroon five or you'll be having uh, sexual relations with your dream uh, partner mm. or partners, and that will disrupt marriages and relationships and human mm. interaction more than anything. And again, every one of these challenges is mm. going to offer a corresponding opportunity, right? right. Because think right. of the opportunities for the psychologists and the psychiatrists and the marriage therapists and the mm. addiction counselors and all of those people. So I'm not saying it's bad, but right, right, it right. is going to be cataclysmic because this will... Some of these developments will rupture the very fabric of our society. They will disrupt the very structure and nature of the way we do business. So so what do you think is is the mindset that people need to cultivate in order to to meet this disruptive time we're living in, in a way in which, you know, they can prosper and thrive and not feel so threatened by it? That's what the new book is about. I think we're entering the era of the entrepreneur. Uh, And every, even every corporate manager and, 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 and vice president and people in the corporate world, they're going to have to start thinking like entrepreneurs. Because mm. again, uh, and it seems like one of the jokes I make in the book. I, uh, there's uh, where I, I've done a lot of 
uh, projection of things that are going to mm-hmm. happen in the next decade of mm-hmm. in cloning, biogenetic engineering, mobile, social media, some of these things we've been discussing. Right. And then the last example I give is how 10 years from now, some media outlet is going to say, let's look back on this best-selling book that Randy Gage wrote 10 years ago on all of the things he predicted that were going to happen that turned out wrong. <laughs> right? Because yeah. that's what the media love to do. And yeah. we have these professional snarkologists now, mm-hmm. and this is what the culture has evolved into. But I'm okay with that because mm. I'm supposed to be wrong mm. when I make these projections. Ray Kurzweil is supposed yeah. to be wrong when yeah. he gives us a date of when, uh, you know, the, the ability to, to take our brain and put it into a computer, when that will happen. It, we're supposed to be wrong because we're not supposed to, because that's what entrepreneurs do. We make projections. We make right. assumptions. We look at trends. We say, is this a hard trend or is this a soft trend? Uh, is this a linear trend or a cyclical trend? And then we get out in front of it, and we make decisions based on that. Right. And it's okay to fail, and failure is part of the success process because when we right. make those and this is true in all areas of life yes, right absolutely absolutely we make those failures and we okay we need to modify we need to test track change you know uh, reconfigure our approach what we did didn't work but we learned this lesson they're all step these obstacles and challenges are all stepping stones that help us learn develop skills build character and mm-hmm. ultimately take us closer to where we want to be. So, so I'm going to make a prediction that because of people like you <laughs> and other people like Seth Godin, I predict in the next five years that this sort of negative connotation that mistake and failure have associated with them is going to go away and that people will start to understand that mistakes and failures uh, are not bad things. They're merely a part of the process that we definitely need to, to with us to go along the way to create better and better stuff. Yeah, if I, I think you're dead, Ron, with their... It, the analogy would be baseball, right? The right. base stealers. You right. say if a guy is... Uh, if a guy steals nine out of nine stolen base attempts, you'd say, well, he's not really a base stealer. He only takes the base when he knows he's got it. Mm. If a guy is... 9 out of 11, and he got caught two times, then you say he's actually a base dealer because he's supposed to get caught a small percentage of the time because that means he actually is attempting to steal the base. It's the same thing in business. It's the same thing in love. If we know we've got, you know, what are people looking for? They're looking for the guaranteed safe outcome, but that isn't how it works in the real world. Okay. Um, time to take our last commercial break of the hour so uh please hold on um randy and uh, everybody listening uh this is your last chance call in and ask a question 877-480-4120 you're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity and we will be right back you're listening to the talking alternative network Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? 
Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternative.com. What are the latest travel trends? How can travel be a part of your overall health and wellness plan? This is William Paris, lifestyle travel consultant and your host on Travel and Wellness Today. Join me on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time for travel chat, travel tips, and travel news updates. That's on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Welcome back. My um, guest this hour has been author, public speaker, third th- softball third baseman. I have to keep getting that in there. Uh, Randy Gage. <laughs> uh, it's, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, Randy. You're, you're such a, a forward thinker, and, and I love the fact that you're a big believer in entrepreneurship. Oops. Hold on one second. And it looks like we have a caller on line one. Who's calling? <laughs> Hello, Sam. It's Joan. Oh, hey, Joan. Do you have a, a question for Randy? I just wanted to say that I'm really enjoying listening to you two chatting. And, uh, you know, I really agree with what a lot of what he has to say, Randy has to say, about how people are dealing with things in life and how businesses are dealing. And I just wanted to say that because I think it's been a great show. Uh, thank you so much, Joan. Thank uh, you. All right, great. And, and and Randy Joan, I happen to know personally, she does social media, so I know she's very much in tune with a lot of the stuff we've, you've been saying. Great. Well, thank I you. I really like a lot of what he's been posting, too. Yeah. Good, good. All right, great, Joan. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate thank the shout-out. Have a great day. All right, you too. Um, and uh, Randy, you know, just to, to give people an idea, you know, I'm here in studio in New York City. You you are where where you look at you're in, you're in the West Coast, right? Yes, San Diego, San Diego, and we have uh, listeners 
in Taiwan, Hungary, Italy, Germany, across the U.S., Japan, Korea. And this is something I started, you know, I took over five years ago. I never in my life imagined that the Internet would allow me to have a a multinational radio show, radio station um, with which to connect to people. So we really are living in disruptive times. It's so crazy. I mean, if I was just reading last night in Forbes, I think about this. There's a social media tour. Companies doing like twenty million dollars, going around taking kids who have YouTube channels and doing mm. concerts with VIP access, where people pay you know 150 bucks to go see. You got these guys Shane Dawson and D Fizzy and these kids who sometimes are 14, 15 years old who have 9 million followers, 20 million Jeez. followers. They, they put up a show, and they get more viewers in a weekly show than some of the major network shows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's amazing now. I'm starting to see, like, YouTube ads on the subways here in New York where they, like, post a picture of someone and kind of give you try and give you a little idea of what their YouTube channel is about, and they have 4 million viewers, 3 million viewers, and and I started to realize how, like, you know, people aren't going to be watching, like, broadcast TV anymore. They're finding what they want through channels like YouTube and Vimeo and, and, and you know, online radio stations like this. Like, people are really going out and looking for what they want as opposed to what was being fed by broadcast networkers. Or well, networkers. yeah, and what has happened is the lines have disappeared, the line between broadcast and cable and the internet because the the, the consumer they don't care they just want their entertainment or they want their news or they want their information and so they're finding shows and they may be watching their internet show on their like me i'm watching internet shows on i've got a probably 60 80 inch i don't know how wide hd (laughs) big screen tv in my living room that i watch my apple tv and i'm watching the internet on the fact that it originated from the internet it's really irrelevant i'm just watching the show that i want to watch right right uh, I'm I'm curious. Did you uh, ever read Alvin Toffler's book, The Third Wave? Yeah, many mm. many moons ago. Yeah, uh, you know, I I read him a long time ago when I was a kid, and and he talked about you know not only people having networks but constellations of networks, and and it's so interesting now with social media, kind of seeing some of the generalities that he talked about in this third wave really how technology is enabling them and coming about, which at the time he wrote the book, didn't even exist. Right. And and one of the things he said, I'm, I'm curious your take on this, was that this third wave that took us from this, the, the, the agricultural, then industrial wave, and now this sort of third wave, which we still don't even know what to call it, the information wave, the communication wave, the, you know, whatever, the connection economy that it would be a more humane wave. So I'm curious with your take, considering there's all these, quote-unquote, cataclysmic potential events happening, do you see this as being a more humane society that we're evolving into? Uh, no, I wish I could say I, I do, okay. but I think the pendulum is going to have to swing a little more the other way to the snark and the demagoguery and the sensationalism and the clickbait 
and the so now we have people who are literally connected 24 hours a day they yeah. they charge their phone next to their bed the last thing they do is they send their final tweet their final yeah. post to facebook they plug in the phone uh and it's they never disconnect and then it'll go the other way where people will say I don't want to be connected 24 yeah. hours a day. I, imagine the thought of actually going to see an opera or a symphony and not taking your cell phone. Mm. <laughs> you know, I go to the, like I'm going to the symphony Friday night. I, I'll guarantee you, I'll be the only guy in the auditorium who doesn't have a cell phone with me because I don't carry one most of the time. Uh, I don't want to be connected 24 hours a day. When I go to a ball game or an yeah. opera or a symphony, I think the world can wait. And mm. I think that'll be it. It'll go back that way, and it'll go back to more humane. And, you know, because I guarantee you, I don't know when I'm going to die. But mm. whenever I do, at my funeral, somebody's going to say, you know, I thought with all those followers he has on Facebook, I, I thought there'd be more people here. Because, <laughs> 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 right? you know, that's just, that's not the real world, your Facebook followers, your yeah, Twitter followers. There's yeah. too many bots. There's too many auto-respond, too many yeah, auto-follow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it'll have to go back. But I don't think we're there yet, but I think everything's pendulum swing and it'll go one way and then it'll come back the other way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I personally I will disagree with you on this point because I do believe we're becoming a more humane society, although it may not be evident or obvious because at least in my position, in my corner of the world, in the types of people like you who I have come across my radio show, and I see there are these movements, these flowering of consciousness that's happening around the globe and these little things here and there, but they're just not getting the airtime where they're not getting the play in the mainstream media. So people aren't hearing about them quite as much, but people are finding out about them. And I do see a movement that way, not that it's at a huge, you know, sea change level yet, but I do think that that eventually, again, maybe five, ten, fifteen years from now, that we will reach that tipping point, and and that you know things will shift, and maybe that's when that pendulum shift will happen. Yeah, because I I, I don't know. If we disagree. Maybe we just disagree in on the timing. Timing. Because yeah. you know, send out two tweets. Send out one that says seven secrets to happiness and harmony, with a link, and then send out another one seven most overpaid NFL quarterbacks. Uh, with a, see which one gets more clicks, right? Yeah. Send out, put a thing on Facebook, you know, 10 secrets to Zen and bliss, and put mm -hmm. another one, you know, 10 uh, overpaid Hollywood stars who are now drug addicts. Mm -hmm. now, see which one gets more clicks. Well, it depends. We're in that clickbait society, right, that right. snarky commentator society, and it's it's just another phase we're going right, through right you see it also depends who your tribe and who your followers are because i have a sneaking suspicion i could be wrong but i have a sneaking suspicion my followers would be clicking on the how to do the zen meditation not like who are the overpaid drug addict movie stars but that's just me um but that also could be why i don't have billions of followers just yet <laughs> anyway randy it has been a joy and a pleasure to have you on the show if people want to get your books or find out more about you how do they do that uh, RandyGage.com. I got a YouTube channel, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Amazon. All the books are on Amazon, of course. Uh, and I'm all over social media. And that's Randy Gage, spelled R A N D Y G A G E. 
Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Randy. And and maybe when your new book comes out, you'll consider coming back on the show and we could talk about your new book. Yeah, that'd be great. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And, of course, everybody, please stay tuned. Coming up next, Kevin Barbaro with his show, Coffee Talk 3.0. And we will talk to you next week. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. In every life we have some trouble. When you worry, you make it double, don't worry, be happy, don't worry, be happy now. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183 That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.TalkingAlternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media. My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.